everybody. Welcome to another episode of Repeater. As always, my name is Evan. And I am still Pat. Wow. And <laughs> Surprise. Uh, today we have with us a very funny human, Brady O'Callaghan. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for calling me very funny. You are, Well, that's <laughs> true. I mean, remains to be seen, I guess, for the listeners, but... For sure. Judgment's still out. It's yeah. true. But I know personally, and in my heart, <laughs> what the truth is. They'll learn. Yeah, for sure. Rate and review my performance. Please do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, if for any reason, rating this podcast, please comment only on this episode. <laughs> and only on Brady. Don't mention Pat or I. I am going to double check now for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so if um, you get voted off the podcast oh or not. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the great thing about it being episodic is you're already off by the time you get voted. For you sure. You know what I mean? It's nice. Yeah. Well, I'm still going to double check. <laughs> Maybe you'll get voted back. Yeah. Hey, that's it could nice. Yeah. Let them know. Let them know. Um, well, Brady, thanks for joining us. As you may know, this is the show where we talk to people about songs that mean a lot to them. So that's what we're going to do. But before we start, we're going to talk about something we've been listening to lately. Sure. Uh, so I just found this band called the Prince Daddy and the Hyena. Yeah. I love that. It's such a great name. Uh, this song is on, I think it's a split. It's a triple split, I believe. A triple split. Three band split. Called Now That's What I Call Music, Volume 420. Oh my uh, God. Uh, <laughs> Wonderful. <baby>. And <laughs> has this song uh, called Thrashville Two Thirds featuring Kississippi. Uh, Kississippi is a new side one dummy act. The hits keep coming with everything about this split. It's, oh my God. I love it so much. It's so good. It's just like the, it's from the start. It's just like this powerful rager of like a pop punk song that also has bells on it or as like a xylophone. Yeah. Oh man. I think it's like everything you want in a 2018 punk song. That's, yes. that's that was my read of it. Yeah. I mean, I love it. It's batting a thousand. It, <laughs> I, I haven't even heard it yet, but I'm already in love with it. Yeah. Everyone's got to check it out. Well, that for, just Brady. That's the album art. So yeah, it's, it's exactly what you want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Look it up. Everyone go look it up. Um, I've been listening a lot to Becca Stevens, her album Regina. I went and saw her last week at Mercury Lounge, which is a relatively small little venue. Um, and you can get right up close. And this is someone who I knew nothing about. Like, I've never heard of her outside of the context of my one friend who told me to listen to her, and then we <laughs> went and saw that show together, and she, she is incredible. It's like this kind of album that I probably wouldn't really pick up or listen to otherwise. Um, it's, I would say, kind of like jazz-influenced folk rock, almost, and has like an orchestral feel to it, even, and her voice is crazy good, and it's... It's something very interesting to listen to on the album, but I assumed it was kind of like a bigger production. Like she probably had some back, like multiple backup singers, probably had some strings or something like a harpist or something like that. And then I went and saw her live and it's just a four piece band and they do everything justice. Oh, that's wild. That's and it's, it's just like the bassist and keyboard player both sing. And so it's <laughs> the three of them sing all the backups and their drummer is an absolute monster. He's so good. Like everything I thought was basically like an or like an uh an orchestra sound like depth wise was the drummer and the keyboardist just <laughs> filling out everything and the, that's i mean incredible. they're just incredible that's really great her voice is crazy and she's also uh, what a, a lot of things i thought that were 
multiple instruments or like a harp or something is just her playing guitar. <laughs> she's like an excellent guitarist. Oh, that's and so I had cool. no idea until seeing her. Um, it, she's, she's awesome. Becca Stevens. Everyone go check her out. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Um, recently I've been listening to this, uh, compilation that I bought like probably a year or two ago, um, for this music documentary called don't think we've forgotten or don't think I've forgotten. Hmm. And it's, uh, Cambodian rock and roll from like the 1950s and 60s. That's awesome. It's awesome. And I, I had not watched the documentary, um, before I just bought it. Cause I think it was a record store day release Okay. Uh, a couple of years ago. And the music's great. It's so good. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's Cambodian artists like bringing in their, uh, culture and their folk song traditions, uh, with like rock standards mm-hmm. imported from like 1960s France and America and England. And it's, yeah, all this stuff is really, really great. And, but I just recently watched the documentary for the first time. Um, and it's so good. It's yeah. so good. It's a very sad story, yeah. but also I, I immediately like finished it and looked up flights to Cambodia. And I was like, <laughs> I need to go and check this place out yeah. uh, cuz it's such uh, such a cool rich culture that's excellent and the music's awesome you yeah. should definitely listen to it that's where can people like see the movie how can i find it um so i rented it on amazon okay. um but there's also this uh, streaming service i've been telling everyone about called canopy with mm-hmm. a k mm-hmm. if you have a like a library card um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just input in that wow. information, and you get a certain amount of streams per month, and it's awesome. Cool. There's so Very many cool. good films and docs on there, so it's on there now. That's cool. really cool. Yeah, for sure. That reminds me, I was just listening to uh, Bandcamp does its like 100 albums of the year, and they were they do a lot of international music, and especially a lot of West African bands have like a lot of uh, Western rock influences. But mm-hmm. one particular stood out was this Mali band that is like a blues and like r&b band but you can just tell it's like it's so interesting to hear how you can take a really standardized american music but then all like the lead lines and melodies are way more molly than they are yeah. you know um for sure america it's cool it's yeah. a great it's such a nice mix-up to hear those blends of cultures yeah 100 percent. yeah and then there is a uh, i think it's a label called habibi funk oh, yeah. that just put out puts out compilations of uh just arabic funk music oh. and it's oh oh yeah. man while like looking this up <laughs> i i stumbled upon some of this stuff yeah it's incredible it's really good yeah. i listened to that whole album the habibi funk is that yeah. what is it um that compilation last week and so so good isn't it there's like the fantones is a band or something they oh, might really? do like the theme for <laughs> habibi funk or something Whoa. i don't know Cool. Yeah. Stuff to dive into, people. For sure. Stuff to dive into. <laughs> There's a whole world out there. I'm already excited to <laughs> dive into it. Well, let's let's, it. let's dive into the song you want to talk about today, which is uh sure, it's The Steel Driver's Blue Side of the Mountain. Great. We're going to listen to a clip of it right now. It's the top of the song, the very top. Getting it from the beginning, people. 100%. I wanted to listen to it from the beginning because there's a moment that was important to me, which is right here. 
want to know how to sing like that. Well, great singer on this track. For sure. That's for sure. People might recognize the voice. Uh, it's Chris Stapleton, yeah. who is yeah. now blown up. I did recognize it, but then did not think that that's who that was. And it took me, it wasn't until the end of the album that I realized it was actually him. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I the... didn't know. I, I was totally unaware. Well, that is the top of the song. We're going to bring it down. But it's a great tune. And um, now we're going to try to guess why you chose that. Sure. Go for it. And I'm prepared to be correct. Wow. Um, you might be. I think that the that first lyric, um, there's a place in a piney hollow that no one be, but me can find. Just like, I think you were like in the process of writing a D&D campaign and needed like an adventure hook. And you're like, oh, that sounds cool. And then that voice came in, just that really powerful Chris Stapleton voice, and you were like, yes, this is what I'm going forward with. Prepare to be correct. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My guess is a little bit different. I'm going to say middle of college, someone introduces you to this band, and this has been the first time that bluegrass feels totally accessible to you and opens up uh, some new doors into what you're listening to. That's my guess. Uh, Evan is pretty much right. Hey-o. Damn it. (laughs) Sorry, Pat. So close. (laughs) So close. (laughs) I am working on a script that deals with D&D, though, and I got to add a piney hollow (laughs) for sure. You're not wrong. That's a a great hook. That's a great hook. Um, Okay, so enlighten us. So, uh, yeah, this... um, uh, anyone who knows me, uh, I think now knows that I love country music, mm-hmm. country music, bluegrass music, roots music. Um, and this was the, I think the first song that really opened it up for me. Um, even like specifically that one moment in the song, uh, just Chris Stapleton's voice, hearing it for the first time, I was like, wow, this guy sounds good. And then that, mm. he just tears into it in yeah. like the, second or third line of the song and I was like holy shit this is the most powerful best voice I've ever heard um I actually I don't know how I found this record or this song but I did find it in college um I was probably just curious like I you know I'm trying to listen to as much music as possible yeah um and I was like I grew up listening to country music but had kind of sworn off of it later in life and I was like I'll give it a shot um I'm guessing that's what happened I just like googled good bluegrass (laughs) album as I recall um although I'm not somebody that has been listening to the steel drivers much since they've been you know a thing um, my dad is a huge bluegrass fan and if I remember correctly they kind of came out of the gate like they were just huge right away almost um this song I think did well within its first year and that is not super common for bluegrass bands like i think they've had a lot of crossover success but the crossover would have been like to country you know yeah for sure um especially because chris has really has more of a country or blues voice than a lot of like other singers in that genre so really ripe for that kind of success that kind of crossover success and they're a great band yeah definitely i mean it does seem like like popular bluegrass band it, it feels like an oxymoron right i mean yeah. they're not like tearing up popular radio charts or anything like that no. and it does feel 
Uh, I think Chris Stapleton probably did set himself up to be like this big crossover um, act, which it, it is proving to be very true mm-hmm. these days um, because he does have that just incredible voice and he's an excellent songwriter. Um, yeah, he's uh, written a lot of hits for other folks too, I believe, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think I, during this uh, his reign in this band and after, I think he was working on you know, Nashville music row right. writing yeah. songs for other people. Yeah. It's pretty darn cool. Very darn cool. <laughs> um, so you, you grew up listening to country music. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, uh, yeah. In Cleveland, Ohio is where I grew up. Um, my parents would just always have country music on the radio. And I just found out when I went home for the holidays this year, why exactly that was true. <laughs> and it was because my dad was, um, uh, thinking about uh, taking a job offer in West Virginia. And my parents were, uh, you know, still relatively young people. They had never lived anywhere where country music was popular. Um, they grew up in Cleveland and Chicago. Um, so they were like, you know what? If we're going to live there, we might as well start trying to fit in. <laughs> and so they started listening to country music. And then even after they... Uh, decided not to go through with this job offer. They they fell in love with it and just kept listening. That's so, a, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, it's great. I had no idea until this year, but it answered like a big question in my life. <laughs> yeah, I, I really <laughs> I, I really love that uh, that that idea. Uh, my dad was definitely raised listening to country music back when like farmers would listen to country music. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think he went through a lot of lot of years of not really being that into it. And so by the time it came back around, which was the late 80s, early 90s, when I was a kid, I think that's when he started listening to country again. But at that point, it maybe similarly, even though it was something he grew up on, it like felt very affected because we, we were like listening and uh, his look was like the kind of country that was like Western. Yeah. But he's from Vermont. <laughs> uh, but like, so like wearing a, I don't know, a straw cowboy hat and a bolo tie was, is not a Vermont look. Sure. Cowboy boots are not a Vermont look, but like that was my dad's formal wear was like a nicer pair of jeans and cowboy boots. Yeah. I love that and fully identify. <laughs> I bought a cowboy hat this last year. Nice. I've been wearing it every once in a while. Yeah. And it's a little bit imposter syndrome, but like. Sure. I don't know. I just love it so much. Well, now that there's, uh, I forgive me, anyone from you know the West, but uh, now that we don't really have like cowboys so much anymore, uh, I think that's more of a thing of America's past than it is a present. Right. Uh, it's kind of an imposter thing for most anybody, I would say at this point. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, but yeah, certainly those of us not from that area at all. I think they're good functional hats, though. Like. Uh, keep weather out of your eyes it's great a hundred percent yeah i wore it in the rain one day i was like yeah this this works it works <laughs> really well yeah i got a woolrich like crushable le- uh kind of cowboy hat yeah last year for a halloween costume uh and i think i wore it out once Oh yeah! During a snowstorm, because I was like, nobody will know who I am, mm-hmm. and but like it'll be cool. The snow will collect. And I had this weird like winter cowboy fantasy <laughs> going on. I love that. <laughs> I think you look. should make that a uh, winter reality. <laughs> All right. Well, it was nice to meet you. I need to go. <laughs> <laughs>
go um, make those dreams come true. Yeah. Uh, but I grew up listening to like Alan Jackson, yeah. Garth Brooks. Top 40 country music. For sure. Of the Were 90s, you going to yeah. see those shows too? Or? Not honestly. No, but my, my first ever concert um, that I went to, not of my own accord, I was uh, a kid, but my parents took us to this like Ohio like county fair somewhere to see this guy named John Barry, mm-hmm. who's he was like a mid-level country star in the 90s. He's got an incredible voice, um, but we listened to all of his music in my house, so he was a staple, so... They took us to go see that. I love that show. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved his music. Yeah. But, you know, growing up after that, when you're starting to develop your own taste, I think everyone kind of rebels against their parents' tastes a little bit. And mine was easy to do because nobody around me yeah. liked country music and it felt like an easy target, you know? So did you, did, did you, did you like really abandon it for a while? For sure. Oh, yeah. I hated country Which music. Which direction did you run in? Um, um, uh, so my favorite bands, um, for a good long while was Goo Goo Dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going like sensitive rock, yeah. which right. natural segue into emo, yep, pop punk, punk rock, um, that sort of stuff for high school. And then, you know, uh, my friend introduced me to like Modest Mouse and Death Cab for Cutie. And so I became the guy who checks pitchfork every day and (laughs) listens to what they tell me to listen to now now that you've had a a chance to kind of like go through those those growing pains of like finding your own music and uh, rebelling against your parents and come back around to really like country how do you think maybe how do you think that your love of country music and roots music and bluegrass affects the things you listen to now that maybe are kind of more within the popular sphere of you know rock or indie or whatnot like you're the niche you're carving out is going to be a little bit different than your roommate you know or whatever it is and i wonder how that roots music influenced that um i think i'm just going at stuff with a little less pretension you know i think i had to open myself up to listening to stuff that most people wouldn't ever want to listen to Mm -hmm. um so i think just approaching stuff with a more open ear and i don't know trying to listen to stuff uh that i wouldn't necessarily have sought out on my own before Mm -hmm. i i think finding good country music for me was just this thing that's like i mean there's no one genre that is entirely bad there's there's no way so there's got to be like a shining example of talent in this specific genre. And I want to know what that is for every single genre. Yeah. Yeah. There's a good version of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a thing that, especially when you're in high school, sort of going through that rebellious, like, no, I'm not listening to that anymore. Everybody's heard some form of, oh, I like this kind of music. I like everything except for country. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, but, but why? Yeah. There's a lot of really That's good very, stuff in very there, too. Common. That's a very yeah. common take you hear. I read this um, essay that I thought was really interesting um, sometime last year that was about this uh, sentiment of everything but country and or like everything but rap and country. Right, yeah. Um, and this uh, person was sort of framing these kinds of music uh, as like working class mm-hmm. people's music. Mm-hmm. 
um, that's very not pretentious, um, deals with uh, simple things, and people like to uh, subconsciously separate that themselves from these uh, like simple people's interests and simple yeah. lives and things like that. Um, I don't know. I thought it was very interesting. That's interesting, mm-hmm. especially because yeah. like a lot of pop music can be very very simple. Yeah, for sure. But again, you'll also find people yeah. who dismiss pop music entirely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's an interesting thing because I I you know probably fall into that pretension a little bit too. But it's just. I know better than to paint it across genres or right. anything like that as a whole. Like the reason I hate a lot of pop country is because it is feels stupid to me or, it, or whatever. But then the best country songs are some of the very simplest mm-hmm. and yeah. more relatable. And so it has, it's nothing to do with, oh, that's because it's simple or because it's like dumb or whatever. It's like, no, some of the dumbest, simplest songs are the best. Yeah. And yeah, some of them are the worst. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's all in the how. It's most not of, the what. <laughs> most of pop country is very bad. Yeah. Um, but I think it's because it's... Uh, I The first word that came to mind was perversion yeah. of, uh, of country music and a perversion of, like, pop music. It's yeah. trying I mean, to paint with broad strokes these things that need finer details. Perversion is a good word because it's like the difference between I actually rely on this truck because my livelihood depends on it. My kids aren't going to eat unless this truck runs. So it moves stuff around the farm versus like, I want to fuck my truck, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is more modern country. It's like, well, like, check out how sexy my truck is. So I sure. watched... Uh, <laughs> the NHL all-star game this weekend and the musical performance was by Kid Rock because that's that's a target audience right there dude he's been oh man and he's he's across genres yeah and like they were going for a country and I knew that because he had his cowboy hat and an American flag guitar yeah but the only lyrics I could discern were Nashville Tennessee and then just a couple more city names and then just back into the solo about how great America is or whatever. And like, sure. I think that's where people also uh, get this distaste for country, especially because of like sporting events and things. And it's, it's an unfair uh, judgment. I mean, yeah. It's like blind patriotism. Yeah. Um, I think you could uh, probably say that phrase of, I like everything, but, country or like everything but rap could be summed up with kid rock's career yep 100 percent. perfect for butt rock yeah because he's done everything poorly and uh yeah, the, <laughs> the worst of all worlds yeah uh except picture <laughs> a great song an all-time great an all-time great that i do not remember it's okay look it up YouTube. i mean yeah youtube's got it. <laughs> got it it's on vivo we know it is it was huge mm-hmm. huge hit Cheryl crow kid rock Probably the best work he's ever done. For sure. Hmm. And he's just, he like transit, he pivoted to country kind of like yeah. on that song. Yeah, he found his demo. Yeah, exactly. America. Speaking of finding things. Sure. Uh, what, so you earlier said that when you found this album and this song, you were trying to like listen to more things. Uh-huh. Uh, and I would imagine expand horizons. What was it? Like, did you have a moment that you were like, oh, I need to be doing this? Like, um, I think I was just, um, because I, I think I spent a lot of, you know, grade school and early high school listening 
to not a lot of different stuff. Um, you know, just staying in with within one genre or even one album. I probably listen to Dashboard Confessionals, Places You Have Come to Fear <laughs> more than any other person in the world. Um, I think I just, uh, it was like I saw this stuff for the first time and I was yeah. like, I need to figure out uh, what else I like and what else I enjoy, you know, and just keep testing the waters. So uh, I don't know if there was any, specific moment other than just I was delightfully surprised by new things that I was listening to yeah yeah it sounds it sounds like you started uh maybe reconnecting with some of the things that you had listened to in the past mm-hmm. and yeah. maybe just the enjoyment of hearing those things in For a sure. new light yeah it was yeah especially with country music when I started listening to that stuff again um, I really started getting into it um, when I came to New York, actually, and met up with a, a friend. I worked at the Apple Store at the time, and a buddy lived in my neighborhood. I lived in Astoria uh, then, and we would just hang out in his apartment after work, drink some beer, and listen to country music. Yeah. He came from like small town Pennsylvania, and we would just kind of like rehash all of these hits that we grew up with, and he sh- introduced me to a whole bunch of new stuff that I didn't know. And that's sort of what got the ball rolling. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's really nice. I, uh, a couple few years ago went up to Vermont for a buddy's bachelor party, but it was at like one of my uh, place that my family would go visit when, when I was growing up. And so on the, uh, kind of like the weekend before I made a, a playlist for like, Oh, summer's in Vermont. What do I listen to? And it was really just digging out all these old, would have been like 90s pop country hits. Yeah. But a lot of stuff I had not listened to or thought about in a long time. And it was it was really great and was certainly something where I was like, oh, yeah, I got to I gotta find these artists for now. Like the ones that I actually like, you know. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> and I think I would actually credit you with getting me back into some more contemporary country artists this past year. Because oh. you told me to listen to Chris Stapleton. Yeah. Um, and I think a couple other art like Sturgill. Yeah, for sure. I, I think you told me about Graham Parsons. I'd yeah. like to get into him a lot more. Yeah. But it's it's so nice because it to me it always it feels like it goes in cycles. Every time I want to give up on the genre, it's like of course there's tons of reasons to not. You know, there's, yeah, there's always sure. reasons to 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 listen. Yeah, uh, when people tell me that they don't like country music, I, I just say, that's not true. <laughs> you just haven't heard the stuff that you do like right? Um, because you're not seeking it out. I I think we're in a little bit of a country music renaissance right now mm-hmm. where there's, I think even at like the highest level of country music, there's all these people who, you know, there was, they made like a harsh pivot towards pop country in that sound and people call it bro country mm-hmm. you know cooler in the truck hey girl in your blue jeans over there you know not great stuff um but there's this sort of new class of musician who was raised on like the old johnny cash um like marty stewart dwight yokum um oh man that's an album that uh Dwight Yoakam's Guitars and Cadillacs was an album that last year I like refound mm-hmm. and realized that my dad played constantly when I was younger and yeah. got it from my brother this year on vinyl, I think, for Christmas. That's, That's great. Great. That's mm-hmm. awesome. 
Um, but yeah, this new class of country artists that were raised on maybe some of that stuff. Yeah, who are just like making music, uh, you know, a- ignoring what's happening right now and just like sort of taking inspiration from this this older, um, more traditional country sound and they're making incredible new country music. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't, I don't seek out country on my own and that's just like a fault of how I like seek out music. Sure. Um, but somebody showed me the, uh, uh, the album cover for Sturgill Simpson's, um, like modern sounds and country music. The, it's the one with the boat on the, a sailor's guide, a to sailor's Earth. guide to mm-hmm. earth, which yeah. that's a beautiful album cover. It's beautiful. Yeah. That's a great title. Mm-hmm. And I listen to that and you're right. Like it's so you good. can stumble upon, any kind of music and just like yeah that's not for me but that one i hit and it was like it hit hard yeah i mean pat i think one of the genres that that people often like neglect too pretty hard is metal and things within that sphere but that's something that you listen to and you actually dig you know yeah so i wonder for like what what do you think what do you think people are most ignorant of like why aren't they what aren't they given enough time to uh within those that genre or subgenres or that I mean, world even. You well, know? I think it's just everything we've been saying, which is, you know, there's going to... Sometimes something's just not for you, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But also, like, there's always going to be a range of things. Um, and if you put the work in, you can find something that'll be interesting. And, you know, maybe not something that's appealing to you all the time or whatever, but the musicianship is there. And uh, we were talking about this before the show, but Brady's wearing a Deaf Heaven shirt, which is, I guess, described as like black metal, kind of shoegazy, and it's very screamy mm-hmm. um, and not going to be for everybody. But, and I imagine it's kind of the same thing with country. Like, once you start thinking about like the production or who these people are, who they're being influenced by, or what their goal is, it gets more interesting. Yeah, for sure. And I also think that there's there's artists that um, kind of like bridge specific gaps. Like uh, I was saying before, I'm I don't know that much about metal. I'm trying to learn more about it and find more artists that I like. And Death Heaven seemed like a pretty um, good uh, like intro, a little bit because it had stuff that I recognized. Um, it, the shoegazy element. Their mu- their music is actually gorgeous which is something that you don't often hear associated with um metal but i think the same things with country i mean sturgill simpson um i think got a lot of flack for this most recent album from people who are saying i wish he'd just go back to making his traditional country stuff again but he's bringing in like these this big brass and horn section and bringing in a lot of like funk and soul and just like wild um, influences uh, into a sound that I think people would listen to that record, love that record, listen to his old records. Those are more straight up country music. They'd still like it because they like Sturgill, but that might sort of be like a entry point for them. Yeah. Well, and I also think that using like the structure of a genre to say something is very interesting because when you have a band like Dev Heaven, um, who are more poetic, but then you sort of extrapolate and go to something like Converge, which is more thrashy. 
Um, but their most recent album, I would consider, is making pretty political statements and very meaningful statements. And like the emotion you get out of that is definitely like a cathartic just anger and like sort of living through that intense volume. Yeah, um, for sure. But then like the structure of country to me is like you're hearing that emotion in those voices. So I guess the comparison I'm trying to get to is like metal is like sort of the huge overarching everything sort of beating you down with volume and then country you're sort of like getting that powerful voice in there yeah for sure and then adding an orchestra if you want yeah i also think that like yeah there is something to using the um what everybody knows about a a, a genre and kind of using that to your advantage um i think a lot of um or at least a handful of modern country artists are starting to uh have political uh messages in their music that lean far left like Sturgill Simpson is makes no qualms about yeah um just uh you know um it's a big thing for Jason Isbell's latest album as well I think yeah for sure and Margot Price is making headlines now because she's talking about um, you know, feminist messages in her music mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. is super critical of Trump. And so the fan base that would listen to it and still does listen to this music is saying, I wish they wouldn't, you know, delve into politics. I wish they'd just stick to music. But they're still listening to it and they're still being exposed to those messages. Yeah. Yeah. That was something that was coming up during the Grammys, which were last night. Um, a lot of, you know, like, people were making statements on stage and either they were saying it or um, performing it or just whatever. And like seeing people respond to that with, you know, keep politics out of art, I think are just inherently (laughs) not understanding what art is. An insane statement. (laughs) An insane statement. It's truly insane to say that. Yeah. Because even like, honestly, at the end of the day, Kid Rock is making political music. Mm-hmm. Oh, for and sure. Like, like, yeah. I don't know what people want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They, <laughs> they want to hear stuff that reinforces their beliefs. And that's, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's true about me too. I love it exactly. when Margot Price is just like, this pay gap is out yeah. of control. And I'm like, hell yeah, sing it. <laughs> and yeah. Sturgill's protest outside of, uh, I think it was the CMAs. Yeah. That yeah. That was being live streamed was amazing yeah it was so good he was just busking outside of an award show it was wonderful i love that i even think uh this wasn't a political sphere at all but this past weekend chris stapleton was the musical guest on saturday night live for anyone that caught it and had sturgill play with him Mm -hmm. um and not just like playing his band but he's saying saying verses and really kind of co you know co-headlined the musical slot yeah and it was I don't think particularly political, but I think it was a it was a very conscious country music move. It was here's two here's two champions of country music right now, showing that like they need like America needs more of us or something along those lines of we're we're more united than we are you know competitors or anything like that. Yeah. Right, a hundred percent. And I think um, yeah, it also it it was very wild because it was truly an unnecessary thing to do (laughs) Sturgill didn't contribute like anything super new uh to to those songs I 
Chris Stapleton just brought him on and was like shining a spotlight. And it did feel like this moment of solidarity. I think they're both from Kentucky. So it was like, yeah, you know, we both come from the same place. Um, but Sturgill has kind of been um, like is trying. People say that country music is trying to like push him out because he's so subversive. Um, the re- I'm one of the reasons that he was busking outside of that, like the CMAs, I think it was, was because he wasn't. Um, he didn't submit himself for any of those awards just because he doesn't agree with country music or where it is right mm-hmm. now at large. And so for the biggest country star in the world right now, Chris Stapleton, to bring him up on stage with him is, I think, enormous. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty dang cool. Pretty dang I cool. I love it. That's a good place to stop. Brady, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah it's been wonderful. How can uh, people or where can people see you? How can they keep up to date with what you're up to? Um, I perform at uh, UCB. I'm on a Herald team there right now, uh, named Mermaids. Um, and I'll you know drop into sh- shows around the city. Uh, if you have a otherwise. chance to catch Mermaids, you should because they're one heck of a team. Fins up, hey, thanks. Fins up. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Otherwise, um, you can check out my website, radiocallahan.com. Follow me on Twitter. At Radio Callahan. Wow, you got the market cornered on that. You know I do. I love it. Uh, Well, that's you guys got to check out Brady if you're in New York City. He's such a talented performer, such a funny guy. Uh, I hope we convinced you by the end of this episode that he's hilarious. Please let us know in the rate and review. (laughs) Uh, Rate and review um, our podcast, our show. But as we said earlier, only do it for this one episode and only do it (laughs) as it pertains to Brady. And this, I'm recording this bumper so we can use it for every episode from here on out. Sounds yeah. good. Um, but yeah, no, thank you all for listening so much, Brady. Thank you again for joining us. And everybody, until next time, hit repeat. Oh, boy. Repeater is hosted by Evan Ford Barden and Patrick Cartelli. This episode was recorded at Magnet Training Center in New York City, where they offer classes in improv, musical improv, sketch writing, storytelling, and more. Find out more at magnettheater.com. Visit us online at repeater.show for live dates, hot music tips, and show archives. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater.